Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water. Water is a life science, and it's nature's pharma. The nature's pharma of of this show is for the education for you to learn that water life science is where we've been and where we need to go. Earth whispers to us, messages, are we willing to listen to the earth living with this solar system the way it is for your health issues, for the crisis of water? And this is what that, this show is all about. For almost 12 years, we've been bringing in scientists and scholars and physicians and individuals from all over the world to educate us like a laboratory of listening to health education, science education, new thinking, new, op- new discoveries that could be in technology. My background in technology is the founder of studying evaporation of your body water loss. That's how I got involved over 35 years ago studying before I ever thought about technology. I was studying body water, the earth's water, and the air we're breathing water. They're all water. And when I learned after a period of time, I was just shocked. What Earth had taught me, I was not noticing because I was so influenced to the vulnerability of the words that were invented in my era that confused me, like the word moisture being used on creams, eye drops, and many more other products that had used words that confused me at a time of life when I thought I had learned something in the field of medicine. And I had been elected to the State Board of Health when I was young, in my 20s. And what I was involved in, being president of the American Cancer Society, founder of a hospital auxiliary, and all the influence and vulnerability and and, and activities that I had in my community. And I really was after fighting and and learning more about how for people to be more proactive about health. And I did that for myself. I even studied nutrition before my first baby was born. So what I was eating would be an influence on the baby born. Someone I hadn't met yet, I had to be sure they were eating correctly before they were born. As soon as I found out I was going to have my first baby, I did that with everything, and I found myself, through the years, continuing to study, preparing to write a book, and then I decided, oh my gosh, they'll never understand it. Everybody's confused with the words. If I wrote another book, like the other books they've all been reading, it'll be somebody else's um, uh, method of influencing me with their words in that book. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to show the world with a product, 
and products to come throughout the world. That the atmosphere you're living in is your influence of everyday living like it is with the earth, your life, your health. And that we needed to learn more about those words and begin to dissect them. And people who are out there doing what they do with writing all those books and everything, we need to have an education about what they've learned and where they're coming from with their vulnerability and influence. Now, where I come from is I learned this, and this is what the show is all about, your health issues, the water crisis on the planet. It's all being affected by your health. Your health, look at the diseases, what's happening. Do you ever hear the word cure anymore? Let's get back to the word cure for those symptoms and diseases. What can we discover as scientists, scholars, physicians, individuals who study throughout the world together as a coalition? The word evaporation was left behind in the 1800s up through the early 1900s. Evaporation of water from your body. You're in the mother's womb in a pocket of water for a nature's reason. It isn't dry. It's all living water. And in that water, you're developing organs that will have a percentage of water for when you're born. They begin to evaporate in the atmosphere with the water evaporation of the atmosphere keeping you alive. It's vital. What has happened here is you didn't know that. Scientists had not been studying it the way they should. Evaporation of the atmosphere is happening all over this planet Earth. We're finding that the dehydration effect is the sand. The soil is beginning to diminish to sand. We'll look like Mars if we don't determine technology. We've got to invent technology and make sure that water stays on the surface of the earth, doesn't just live in the aquifers, and that that water can have a living life on the surface with our ocean, our rivers, our lakes, our creeks, our ponds, our wetland. Everything is being healthy that so that it can communicate with the atmosphere's water vapor. It's vital to slowing down the evaporation of the atmosphere and the evaporation of your health of your body. You can tell by looking at a trunk of a tree. You can tell by looking at the soil and the roots what is happening around where you're at, the influence of evaporation and what is happening. And this is what this show is all about. Every single week for almost 12 years. Today we're going to have an exciting person that I met years ago. Um, I brought her onto the show because they had produced a water film that went out from scientists all over the world and Dr. Effie Chow, PhD, was in that show. And I had on my show the Nobel Prize winner. And he said, you've got to get Dr. Chow on your show. 
So she did. She came on the show. And it was because of that movie they produced, that film, that they were all on there. And it was all about water. And that's how Dr. Chow and I met each other. Dr. Chow has been a frequent guest for years to give up her precious time to come on the show because of her dedication to her health on this on the planet, her wanting to study as a PhD what is what is to be discovered about health and issues of education. She's now very she's she's going to teach us today. I want her to go back, and she's going to teach us where she began as a young person, and bring us forward where she's at today and what she's learned and her unbelievable experiences and fame and life worldwide. But first, we're going to listen to our sponsor. Our sponsor is Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It's a new technology. It's been out there. It's not so new, but it's a technology of an eye mist. And the eye mist is 100% water. It cannot have added ingredients or it will not penetrate to slow down the evaporation of the tear film that causes vision impairment to potential sadness of blindness. And they said that blindness is out of control. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product worldwide with acidic side of the, of the water. It can be alkaline. It can have added ingredients. It would block and, uh, and, pen, and not penetrate to slow down that evaporation. And it would, if it had anything else in it, it would leave film on your skin, film on your hair, film on your face. You don't want that. You want the natural humidity effect of the handheld portable technology device. Nature's Tears I Mist can be found on Amazon, over at Walgreens, and many drugstores throughout the United States, and in China, South Korea, and other parts of the world. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back with Dr. Chow. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Sir Cal, are you with us? Certainly am, Sharon. Yes. Well, thank and you for... Happy New Year. It is still... Happy New Year. New year the year of, of the pig. Right. The year of the pig. And it promises to have lots of miracles this year. All right. I'm sure that people will be looking at that vision. Uh, today, we've had you on so many times, and thank you, thank you for your precious time. And you have a world audience. But it's tell our pleasure. audience, I haven't done this for a while, tell our audience where you grew up and how you got to what you're doing that is so well known throughout the world today. Well, oh my, do you have 10 hours? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll make it short. <laughs> oh. That's starting right now where I am. Um, uh, one is that I had... Uh, several near-death experiences uh, in 2015 and have come back with a mission to further bring natural healing to the world. And that my goal right now is by 2023 that we will have natural healing. That means cultural healing and qigong and energy healing and all and nutrition, etc., be in every home in the world, not just here in America, and that we may establish a system how we can reimburse people for practicing health-promoting programs and uh, and uh, therapy. That means Dr. Chow, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you for a minute, Dr. Chow. I want the audience to understand why you. What your experiences have been, and how what to get them to what you're doing now? How did, why is it that you seem to think you have that experience to do that? What did you do to get where you're at to learn what needs well, to be done? This is, this is this is why I wanted the listeners, uh, all of us, to understand uh, where I am now, and then go back to history. Uh, to show, you know, my involvement okay. into this field. Okay, let's educate so our audience. If they understand my aims and goals now, then they'll feel more connected to my past. I and see where so, you're going. Okay. And so, therefore, I was a World War II refugee from China to Canada, and it was possible I was the only one in the whole family that was born in China. Everybody was born in Canada. And because of my father's um, special work with the government in China, he was granted the permission to bring me, the little waif of World War II, and we were really entering into the realm of very, very... Um, destruction, of great destruction in China at that point. So I feel I'm very, very lucky that I escaped because some of my people were killed. And in fact, the maid that brought me over and had to go back to China, she killed herself during that 
war period when things were so terrible. And if I were there, the loyalty of the maid would have killed me before she killed herself. So that made me really appreciate my life a lot more. And subsequently, a lot of things that happened made me appreciate life much more than ordinarily. So I grew up in Canada in a little town of Duncan and where my father was sort of the unofficial mayor in Duncan. We had an official mayor, but because my father worked with uh, with the people that come over from China and help them rehabilitate and everything, all volunteerism. And my father was so great, and he's a he's a amazing and brilliant man. And the two philosophies that I uh, he gave many philosophy, but two that I abide with uh, every day is whatever you do, do it the best you can. And the other one is if you give, give silently. But if you receive, receive loudly. And I find in our society it's the reverse. If you receive, you're quiet about it. And if you give, you say, oh, I gave this, et cetera, announce to the world. And that's exactly the opposite of my father's philosophy. And these two have carried me through life. And we practice Chinese medicine in our home and with friends and families. My father was not an acupuncturist, but we grew up with herbs and nutrition being very, very important. But they would say, well, eat this, not because it contains calcium and phosphorus and zinc and all that. But eat this because it's good for your eyes. Eat this because it's good for your spine and you get strong bones and everything. And that's how I grew up in being oriented innately what health is. And that you need to be positive to survive, not survive, but to thrive in the world. And so a concept of positiveness. And this is what we need right now. And everything is so... Uh, divisive and and uh, terrible things are going on in the whole wide world. That this concept of positiveness is really, really essential. And I guess everybody has seen the movie uh, The Secret. And that was expounding basically simply the complex Chinese philosophy of life. Be positive. You get positive uh, outcomes and you're negative you get negative outcome, you get more. So therefore, when you are in bad straits or negative straits or down and out and depressed, be happy and be positive. Then you can evolve the energy, the chi, to become evolving in a positive fashion and that you will get good things. Whereas if you continue to be depressed, you won't get anything but more depression. So, and I went in as a nurse, because I like to service, and my father was a very civic-minded person, volunteering, doing air raid warden at that time of the war, and, and raising money for the schools, and et cetera, et cetera, with my mother, very much on the social aspect of uh, helping to raise funds. And I guess I, that's how I got my skill at raising funds <laughs> for, for my projects now. But anyway... <clears throat> My father, having been so uh, caring and helping the people who came over from China with nothing except what they have, 
and help them get situated. And uh, and so the concept of kindness, uh, un, you know, like, um, you know, just, just being kind without expecting anything back for that. And today we give too much and expect something back. But my father showed me, just be kind. Just do for the other person, for the community, what you can. And don't expect anything back. And so this has been my philosophy. And so, so we witnessed a lot of healing in our family and our friends, etc. And, uh, and when I went into nursing, so I chose service as my life. Uh, life uh, end. And so as a nurse, I witnessed, I mean, wonderful things in medicine. However, one thing that it was a revolving door concept, which the patients never really got well, and they're discharged, and then they come back after a little while, and they get a little bit better, and then they're discharged. And this whole revolving door concept. And they end up dying early, too early. And so my experience with my family and friends, when my father and community Chinese used Qigong, Tai Chi, herbs, and that's what my family practiced, and nutrition as a healing mode, and uh, moxa and, uh, uh, and cupping and all that. Uh, they saved a lot of people that Western medicine could not deal with. One particular, one particular, uh, Mr. Wong, he had something that the Western medicine said they couldn't diagnose and that he was imminently dying. And so with that, my father said, well, would you let us treat him with our medicine, meaning Chinese medicine, and all that goes with it, including Qigong, and lo and behold, Mr. Wong lived another 15 years. That case was especially prime in my memory. And so my thoughts were really, really kind uh, of uh, challenged because here I've chosen nursing, and yet I'm not seeing the miracles that I'm seeing Chinese medicine being able to get. And so, anyway, I started to learn uh, Qigong and et cetera. But I think we practice Qigong uh, innately because we're born with Qi. You know, that is the life force or the breath. And if you don't have breath, then you're dead. And so, so we maximize our life force. And I know that we've always... Dr. Sal, why don't we educate? This is a good time. For anyone Mm -hmm. listening, and we have listeners all over that never heard of Chico, educate them what that is and Tai Chi. Educate why they need to learn the breath of life. Well, and that is is why, you know, as a nurse, I chose Qigong and I became an acupuncturist too as well. But Qi is the breath. And it's a vital life force within us. Uh, if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be alive. And so gung is then the cultivation and the relationship of oneself to the universe and connecting with the universal chi, with the energy. 
so that we go with the flow, as in Taoist theory. We go with the flow, and we're not combating, and we're not confronting, that we go with the flow. And, and that the balancing of this energy, the qi energy, is the healing factor. So in Chinese medicine, we talk about the imbalance of this yin and yang, or in physics, they talk about negative and positive polarities that brings illness back into reprieve and the health back into reprieve and that we balance the energy system in our body. And we talk about the microcosm within the macrocosm so that we are little entities within a larger entity and there is no separation. Like in quantum physics, we said we're connected with everything. And if you're here, you're everywhere. And it goes very much with the Chinese philosophy that we are part of the whole universe. There is no separation. And there's no separation between spirit, mind, and physical body. So if something happens to you physically, like a trauma, it affects us emotionally and mentally. And what I found is that physical symptoms, which... Western medicine has labeled as a disease or condition is a result of spiritual and emotional imbalance. So that's the first nature. I've been in practice for over 50 years. And so I, even more and more I'm finding that I look into the emotional and spiritual aspect to see how the person is. And that will definitely show why the symptoms show as they do. And so, therefore, we practice breathing every day. Not we have to breathe to be alive, but there are certain ways of breathing. Using diaphragm breathing instead of shoulder and chest, and which we're not breathing at all. We're just moving bone and, and structure. But to breathe, use the breath diaphragm. And I can show you, this so people can practice. Uh, the mouth, close your lips, and move the diaphragm. That's the point between the xiphoid or the breastbone and your navel or the umbilicus. And move that way out, and air is being pulled in through the nose. And you don't have to suck it because you tighten your neck muscles. And many people, most people have tension in their neck and stress. And so then... When you go as far as you can, then move the diaphragm in and air comes out through your teeth when you're exercising it as breath. And ordinarily, it just comes out in a fine stream. And so you continue that. And I hope your listeners will try this type of breathing. It's just simple. Just close your lip, move the diaphragm out as far as you'll go and harden that diaphragm and then move it in towards the spine. Nothing else moves and everything is relaxed and moves in the spine and the breath comes out through your teeth, through your lips. Okay. And so that is a pattern 24-7. Like you don't have to blow it out so hard when you're ordinarily breathing. And so now the other thing that we operate through is the five elements that we are related to everything in the universe. And the five elements is fire, Earth, metal, water, and wood. So you notice that water is one of the main elements. And without that, there is no life. So therefore, what you're doing, 
are sharing is extremely important. And also what I prescribe for my patients, uh, my clients, I call them, is water is the first thing I ask them. How much water are you drinking? Strokes, Parkinson's, diabetes, heart problems, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, colds and flus, a minor condition. And I treat all of them and a very good success. Uh, first, we ask them what the water is. And we say, well, let's increase it to 10 glasses. Usually people drink only about four glasses a day. That's a common. So in choose eight and 10. And they feel better because they have to be hydrated. And then the body starts to function better and they feel better. And so, therefore, when you're dehydrated or any of these elements that I mentioned is in a yin state or deficient state or too excess, too much in that, and that those affect different organ systems. And so then you exhibit symptoms of excessive or not enough. And that's where that... You're, the main complaint today, and I want to touch a little bit on that, is that stress is a main factor that influences our life toward disease. I mean, stress that you cannot cope with. Stress is normal because Dr. Hans Selyo, who coined that word stress, said stress, the meaning of stress is any given, your innate response to any given situation. And so, but we used it in a wrong way. Oh, I'm stressed out, you know, et cetera. But we go along with that. But the meaning is, every day you see what you have to wear. That's fine. Sometimes it's difficult. And then what you eat, that's fine. But sometimes it's difficult. So, Doctor, more, Dr. Chow, we're going to take imbalance. our... We're, we're, Yes. We're going to take our first, our only break. As you know, we only had to take one break. And uh, <laughs> we're going to come back. And then you're going to tell us what you've been learning about what's happening out there in health issues worldwide, uh, where people are not getting enough education uh, about how to be more proactive with their health and uh, knowledge. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Audience, we're going to listen to our uh, sponsor. And as Dr. Chow has told you, the breathing of that air is water. And as you breathe the atmospheric water vapor and you learn to breathe, you'll find that the body has to have that breathing with all that you're doing in your everyday life because if you're not breathing properly, that atmosphere is not going to be the energy that you need to survive your life. Our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, it's an eye mist of 100% water. It's a, a, a trade secret water because it's not an alkaline water. It's not manufactured. It's a water that can be a humidifier to penetrate and slow down the word evaporation of human body water loss, living with the evaporation of the atmosphere's water vapor. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only technology worldwide to be able to supplement all ages all over the world 
to be able to supplement the surface of that evaporation that causes vision impairment to potential, sadly, blindness because of over-evaporation of that water. The tear film is 99% water. It's not a chemical. It's not herbs. It's not. It's water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Miss Technology, and your education, listen well, and we'll come back with Dr. Effie Chow, who's a Ph.D. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Chow, your education was teaching our audience about what the life's breath is all about and living with that atmospheric water vapor. People forget Dr. Chow. We're living, we leave the pocket of the mother's water womb with that living water that developed us a percentage of life per, of water per organ. And the living of that water in the womb prepared us to live outside the womb in the atmospheric water vapor that became energy to our life. It was everything to live. But that breath, of how we breathe. I need to tell you, I have an individual I know who was one of the New York firemen caught up in the 9-11 problems. He is on disability because of his lungs and more. And he had to have a particular surgery that uh, the medication wasn't working and it became so painful. If he didn't know how to breathe, he couldn't have survived that pain at that time. He learned how to breathe already. And that's something that people don't realize, that that energy of breathing, that, that, that 
breath of life that Earth gave us was overlooked in the medical field long ago. But in China, they learned it so far back as a survival to be able to live with inflammation, pain, disease, and, and begin to find other ways, methods of, of uh, the, the medical tre- of a treatment, of therapeutic treatment before they invented the word medicine. Dr. Chow, real quickly before I go on, when do you think they invented the word medicine, the world? Oh, my. <laughs> it caught me off guard. Well, Western medicine is only 200 years old or more, you know, around that, uh, that number of years. And so I'm not sure that medicine was used uh, much more prior to that. And so but medicine, I can't the word this. medicine, yeah. it became, I, I was saying at the beginning of the show before you came on, that what, what happens with our lives is the word we choose to use that is confusing, confusing, confusing to people, very confusing, that mm-hmm. along the way, the inventions of all life became the invention to the word, the description of what the word is to Describe whether it be, uh-huh. um, you know, whether it would be the word medicine, the word, even the word water. Who invented that word to connect to water, right? All uh-huh. these words uh-huh. that are invented are wow, connected to our question. education. Pardon? Uh-huh. Uh, for example, uh, Sharon, in Chinese medicine, which they call Chinese medicine now, was not medicine. It was Chinese health. Of, of health promoting practice in the old days mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, the physician uh, was paid to keep people well. So it was a mm-hmm. health practice. And now Chinese health practice coming to the West is now being called Chinese medicine. That's okay. sort of, uh, an example. So... Um, now, today, today uh, what you wanted to teach us is something that we all are familiar with that are uh, with education, and we've, uh, whether we've experienced it ourselves personally or somebody else. Our, our field, uh, the, word, the word was invented called insurance, health insurance of your life. And we found that the health of our life because of the stock markets worldwide and because of, of what happens when people start making a lot of money with investments in 401ks, IRAs, or whatever the investment may be in the medical field, the word medical field is making people a lot of money. And the thing is, is you know better because of your life experience, and that's what I wanted the audience to hear, is all of your experiences that you've had worldwide and been respected as a PhD throughout the world as a speaker, that the word health insurance has really been misunderstood. It's a misnomer. And the thing about it is, worldwide, 
it, it can be it could be where like when I've been in Canada, doctor, they'll say, Oh, don't ever get socialized medicine in America because we if we have to be on a list, my parents are on a list because they're older, they won't get the medication, they won't get the surgery. They come to America mm-hmm. because in China, Canada they have to be on a list of by, by when they come in. And if they're older, they have to wait for the younger people to get what they need and wait. Uh, throughout the world with socialized medicine. Uh, now, we don't have socialized medicine here in this country. We've got what we call Medicaid and I know no end of people in my community that are on Medicaid. No end of them. It always startles me how many people are on the description of Medicaid insurance. Of no end of free medical care of Medicaid. They can even have a job, but the job cannot be too much money to be on Medicaid. Um, They've said that a lot of people are not getting married because if both of them are unmarried, they could qualify for Medicaid. They don't have to have a tax return that's joint to make too much money to be on Medicaid. So a lot of people aren't getting married. Uh, and if they can have a baby on Medicaid. But you're here to educate us about what you're behind. Is uh, you've, grow- you've formed a group to get behind Global Health Alliance, to get people better educated about what, what can be possible for our country to have very good health insurance. Yes, one, uh, it's called the Global Healing Alliance. It's not okay. Health Alliance. I want to clarify okay. that because uh, okay. it's different. Uh, so Global Healing Alliance. And we are concerned about the status of health care in America and the lack of insurance covering anything, uh, anything, uh, or covering only illness. And so, therefore, in the health insurance need to be called illness insurance instead because they only pay for medical medicine and surgery. And when you are sick, they don't pay for anything you do when you do um, nutrition or exercise or anything like that to stay well and any other alternatives. So this is what the alliance is aiming to do, is balance that imbalance and work with the medical system but stay with uh, stay a separate system that we can develop a cooperation between all the other practitioners and that we are opting, whether from existing insurance or creating our own uh, reimbursable program to cover this other. Because the more we can, it's known that if you live well, you can prevent cancer. And yet there's no insurance for you to live well. Uh, to, you know, to cover what you have to pay to live well. And so it's a real need. And how I come to this determination is that I've been on almost every uh, major policy-making boards and committees that takes a look at the whole system 
as to what do we do with the medical system and the alternative system, uh, alternative health care system. And from 1992, uh, Congress mandated that we develop the Office of Alternative Medicine, and it now is within the NIH, National Institutes of Health, as a, as a separate entity. It's called now the National Institute for Integrative Health instead of medicine. And then I was opportune to be served on President Bill Clinton's White House Commission on Complementary and Alternative Medicine Policy. That's really important. So it's just examining where we can... May I ask you, I'm going to interrupt you again um, on that one. When you were put on those boards and you were put in those positions by the political uh, operatives, how far did that get you to be able to get... Here we're in 2019. Um, How far did that get to where the insurance companies would uh, consider or begin to allow the, me- the medical treatment to be in the he- with health insurance, to be working with what you believed alternatives should be also uh, being able to, to use those health, uh, those I like health to use word, alternatives. I like to use the word natural How far healing. did that come, may I ask? Yes. I like to use the, the, the term natural healing rather than alternative because it's still I agree with you. I, I I haven't liked the word. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you for everything. Yes. Uh, but now how far okay. did that natural healing come with those politics well, of what people were it. trying to do? But I haven't noticed an, uh, that it came too far. <laughs> I could well, be wrong. You tell me. All right. Uh, there's a difference between philosophically and really being integrated as a as a funded program. Um, philosophical two- funding. What does that mean? Well, no, not funding. I said philosophically is accepted, but funding it did not. And so let me so just finish. The insurance companies the two- still are not recognizing it. Yeah. So the two uh, activities I mentioned, uh, the NIH and Bill Clinton's uh, White House Commission, it was. President Clinton was successful in which that office of alternative medicine opened the gateway to all the medical schools, not only in the U.S., but Canada and India and all over the world, that they, the medical schools and the universities had a department of integrative medicine, energy medicine, alternative medicine, complementary alternative medicine. That facilitated that in 2000 to 2004, it went into uh, President Bush's reign, uh, two years uh, of each. And that accomplished a lot in terms of being accepted and it's openly talked about. And institutes are instituting, whether it's just a program or a whole department, that was a big deal, but it didn't go any further. And nothing was discussed at that time. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm helping the audience here for a minute, <laughs> uh, the world. Uh, when, when they said, when they said they will listen and they will discuss it, how far did that go for individuals to be able to use their health insurance, their health insurance, to be able no, to, to pay for? No, there's nothing regarding funding for the practices. 
All right. So it's gone and nowhere. However, it's gone nowhere. Acupuncture, not financially, but people were coming out and they were talking about it and they were going to the practitioners with before they were afraid to talk about it. And it wasn't open. And now at all the hospitals, they talk about complementary alternative medicine. They talk about it, but they don't pay for it, right? That's exactly my point, Sharon. Right. To the listeners, that's why I started with with my aims now, is that we need to develop a separate system working in conjunction with the medical system, a health, real health system, and then gain reimbursement for these others that have not been, and people are paid out of pocket. And what that does is that they get sick and the medicine can't deal with it and they come over to the alternative practices and they get better with a couple of uh, three sessions and then it's out of their own pocket. So they said, oh, I can't afford it anymore, even if it's only a few hundred dollars. But, you know, they pay as much, insurance pays as well, much as some 14, people, $50 a month for chemotherapy. But, some, but you know. Dr. Chow, some people, uh, for $50 extra a month to be proactive about their symptoms is yeah. a lot of money. It's too much. Because but they've got other things they, they have to pay for. Pardon? However, they get results utilizing these uh, therapies. And, but because it comes out of the pocket, it's the financial aspect gets exaggerated out of bounds. Whereas, I guess so. Right. Well, insurance will pay sometimes $14,000 for chemotherapy a, a month. Well, how much is, and how much is acupuncture per, per treatment? Acupuncture ranges, you know, of $80 a session, $150. And those that are very good is about three hundred dollars. How much is a how much is a How much is qigong? Let's say we got people thinking more proactive to go out and be proactive and encourage the insurance companies to get proactive too. That there should be an, a system well, to where qigong, people can be people can be well, re, can be part of a proactive health membership with the insurance well, that's company. Why, that's why we're forming the, the uh, Global Healing Alliance. Because, for example, they say, oh, acupuncture is funded. Well, they give $10 a session and 10 treatments a year. And we're getting results, whereas Western medicine has not been able to get results with a particular condition. And so, and people say, oh, they're being funded. $10 a session and limited to 10 sessions a year. How ridiculous is that, Sharon, right? right. And so, therefore, therefore, um, in many people teaching Tai Chi and Qigong, they have to volunteer. You, you look at it. Most, many of them don't. They gather together and they teach and uh, lead and they don't charge them. Uh, some people, of course, with, with greater uh, organizations, they'll charge Now, Dr. Path. Chow, we only have a couple of minutes left. I wanted to ask you uh, out there, what, 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 is, what is this group, this alliance doing with students in schools? Are you going in and learning how to approach the schools and teach the ch- students a proactive health education with what you're doing also? 
That is one of our intentions, education, and uh, to all levels, from policymakers to uh, the health system, to the educational system, to the business mm-hmm. session. So education needs to be everybody. And the children is a very great target. Well, they I think students have a lot the parents, of impression you know. on the parent, mm-hmm. on adults. <laughs> the more well, the children will teach, educate the more the influence they're going to have. <laughs> That's, I agree with you. So, therefore, it is the people that influence the change in the system. And that's proven time and again. As I right. read uh, 1992 Congress mandate, it was because they, uh, Dr. Eisenberg did a study from Harvard that people were spending $19 billion for complementary alternative medicine, more than they do for elective uh, medicines and surgery. And so right. the Congress it's gotten and ridiculous. the medical it's gotten, system it, it got up and said, hey, that money should be ours, you know, not out there. So it doesn't make any the sense. They, uh, uh, what has happened? What, uh, you know, I've got to, we've got to go because it's almost over, but I need to tell you a story. Years ago, when I was in my young 20s, I was elected to the State Board of Health here in Oregon for education. And I came back, and, and, and even though I never had sex before marriage, I was very much into sex education <laughs> in the school, Dr. Chow. So well, I was my team, my team, my team said, for 12 years. <laughs> can I finish? Yeah, uh, real quickly. I'm, uh, so I came back and, and the doctors all said, oh, you can't do that. You can't have education, sex education in school. Do you know that if they had sex education in the schools that far back, we may not have out of control the sex trafficking and the all this money that's being made by the billions of dollars with, with sex trafficking. I agree they with you. We saved all those people's lives and those women that are being human trafficked. I look at it, Dr. Chow, like it's just insane. Our common sense well, is insane. Well, but even how, do people go, how do people go and find the you? Of the sexual assault. You know, okay, uh, how do people education. find you? <laughs> How do people find you? Uh, well, eastwestqi.com, that's the website. And our email is eastwestqi at aol.com. And okay, I'm like out of time. You're going to be cutting it I would off. like to describe eight hugs a day and three belly aching laughs a day. It's amazing. How healthcare. Right, we're is. out of time. Thank you very much. We're Sharon. over. Okay, thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you. You are again. special. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you, audience, for listening. The, uh, the earth it does whisper to us, never say goodbye. Leave something of yourself behind at, uh, for everyone. But always put a child's heart in your hands to protect that innocence. We will, listen, we will be here next week. And uh, well, uh, I want you to be well, and I want to thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 